Abbott, what time is it? It's time for the Abbott and Costello Show. We're on the air for ABC here in Hollywood. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go with the Abbott and Costello Show. Yes, it's the Abbott and Costello Show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood for your listening and laughing pleasure. Chuckles with a carload and music by Matty Malnick. So hold on to your chairs, folks, for here they are, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Costello, quiet down. What are you so excited about? Uncle Mike and Aunt May just adopted a baby, and they, they named him this morning. They call him $100 Bill Costello. Why do they call him $100 Bill Costello? Because he's so hard to change. Ch- <laughs> <laughs> Your Uncle Mike is just plain lazy. Why don't he get himself a job? He had a job, but he quit. He was a head salesman in a department store. Why did he quit? There's no money in being a head salesman. Most people have got their own heads. <laughs> I thought your Uncle Mike was working in a beauty parlor, Lou Oh, yes He had a job there He was giving finger waves From 8 in the morning until late at night He worked like a dog giving finger waves And, and what did he have the show for it? What? Wavy fingers <laughs> Yeah, dummy, you haven't done a tap of work in over a year you, You'll never amount to anything, Lou Oh, no? When my new invention comes out I'll be the richest man in California I invented a new kind of pedestrian pants Guaranteed to trap hit-and-run drivers now, wait a minute. <laughs> New pedestrian wait pants. Pedestrian pants. I'll pa- trap all hit-and-run drivers. Pedestrian pants to trap hit-and-run drivers? Yes, sir. How do they work? The back of the pants are lined with carbon paper. When the car hits you, all you have to do is take off your pants. You got his license number in black and white. <laughs> you and your silly inventions. Don't you know that success stems from hard work? Yes. Take, take Betty Grable. Her I'd success. Like to, yes. You'd like to what? <laughs> I'd like to take Betty no, Grable. No, no, just for instance, take Betty Grable. Her success stems from hard work. Take yes. Esther Williams. Her success stems from hard work. Yes. Take Rita Hayworth. Her success stems from hard work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where am I going to get some of those stems? <laughs> you please talk sense. I understand you were over to Susan Miller's house last night. Yes, when I got there, she turned the lights down low. She pulled down the shades and she started kissing. That must have been fun. Yes, it was for the guy she was kissing. <laughs> I told her a thing or two. I said, Susan Miller, it's a good thing you're a lady. Mm, what did she say to that? Because if she's a man, she'd have beat my brains out. <laughs> oh, get him out of here. Well, there's a sample of the high-grade nonsense you'll be hearing for the next half hour. But before we get back to it, listen to this.
Joe's had it. There's a help wanted sign in the window. Maybe they could use me. It says, boy wanted. Dr. Ugg's store. You idiot, Dr. Ugg's stores. That's drug stores. <laughs> Never mind. Let's, let's go in the store. Come on. Ah, good afternoon, gentlemen. I'll be right with you as soon as I take this order on the telephone. Hello? Yeah? You want two dozen hair curlers, four bottles of perfume, a bottle of wave set, four boxes of bobby pins, a dozen bandages, and a bottle of mercurochrome. Thank you. I'll send it right over. Who Goodbye. Who is that? My best customer, Gorgeous George. <laughs> well, gentlemen, what can I do for you, huh? I, I saw that sign in the window. Oh, are you desirous of employment? No, I'm Costello of North Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, my friend Costello would like to work for you. He's a very industrious, ambitious, and hard-working young man. He's hired. Mr. Abbott, I'd like to have you as my assistant manager. Why do you want Abbott as your assistant manager? Costello? Anybody that can talk me into hiring a lazy, shiftless, fat misfit like you must be a great salesman. <laughs> Mr. Rabbit, you're now the assistant manager. All right, get to work, boys. Well, come on, Costello. Get going. Sweep up the store, straighten out the counters, clean out the prescription room, wash the windows, then get back at that soda fountain and stay there. And remember, I am the assistant manager. You're just the assistant manager? That's right. What a louse the manager must be. <laughs> Come on, Costello. The store is full of people. Get busy and wait on those counts. Come on. Well, well, Costello. That was quite a rush. What did you sell that a big fat lady? She bought a big can of talcum powder. Was it scented? No, she took it right with her. Uh, I know she took it with her. I, I want to know if it was scented. How could it be scented if she took it with her? You dummy, I'm talking about the kind of talcum powder. Was it men's? No, it was women's. <laughs> well, if it was women's talcum powder, then it must have been scented. Look, Abbott, I sold a talcum powder to the lady, and she carried it out here herself. Nobody sent it. Well, young man, how are you making out on the job? I'm doing fine. I already sold a can of talcum powder. That's wonderful. See, Abbott, he don't care if it was scented or the lady took it with him. Uh, what else? Uh, what else did you sell? Some hair tonic. Vitalis? What was that? Vitalis. You asked me to tell you, so I thought I'd tell you. <laughs> I said I sold some hair tonic. And I said Vitalis, Vitalis. If you don't want me to tell you, why ask me? <laughs> All he wants to know is what kind of hair tonic was it? Just regular hair tonic. Was it scented? No, the man... <laughs> Look, we ain't gonna get into that again, please Oh, wait on that man at the sporting goods counter Go ahead Yes, sir, what can I do for you? Well, I'd like a dozen golf balls, please Would you like me to wrap them up for you? No, just tee them up and I'll drive them home <laughs> Costello, I overheard that, you idiot You just lost a sale Now get over there in the drug department See if you can sell some of those bathroom scales Uh, nobody wants to buy bathroom scales Why not? I guess people don't give a darn how much the bathroom weighs. <laughs> if you want to boost your business, why don't you put in some of those uh, lazy man's toothbrushes that my Uncle Jim Kelly invented? They're made out of hairs from a dog's tail. Just a minute. A lazy man's toothbrush made out of the hairs from a dog's tail? That's right. How do they work? Just stick it in your mouth, pat the handle, and the brush wags up and down. <laughs>
Costello, is your uncle Jim Kelly a druggist? Well, not exactly. He went to college for 12 years and studied hard and graduated. Got his diploma, and then the state of California wouldn't let him be a druggist. Why not? He studied accounting. <laughs> but he's very brilliant. He invented a drug that will stop a man from smoking, make him quite quit biting his nails, make him quit drinking, and stop him from going out with women, and cure all his bad habits. What's the drug called? Poison. <laughs> Pardon me, pardon me. Are you the druggist? Yes, my good man. What can I do for you? Oh, you've got to help. Please help me. Night after night, I stay awake. I'm always up. Night and day for the past two weeks. I've been up all night. I'm tired. I'm sleepy. I'm a nervous wreck. Please tell me what to do. Why don't you go to bed? <laughs> Thanks a lot. Soda jerk. Soda jerk. Uh, get behind the soda fountain, Costello, and see what that man wants. Hurry up. Uh, what can I do for you? I'm the soda, jerk. <laughs> I want a banana split with four bananas, three scoops of ice cream, chocolate and raspberry syrup, some sliced peaches, whipped cream, and hot fudge sauce. You want to come in Tuesday for a fitting? <laughs> Never mind, wise guy. Make up that banana split. And I want chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry ice cream with lemon, blackberry, and orange syrup. And plenty of hot fudge sauce and a big scoop of whipped cream. Eh, hey, shall I put a cherry on the top of it? What are, what are you trying to do? Make me sick? <laughs> Never mind this guy, Costello. Wait on that girl up at the end of the counter. Okay. Gee, miss, you're beautiful. Can I make you a nice hot fudge sundae? No, thanks, honey. You know I have to watch my figure. Oh, go ahead. You eat the sundae and I'll watch your figure. <laughs> I really didn't come in here for a soda. You, you see, I need some advice from a druggist. I've got a peculiar phobia. Whenever I see a good-looking man like you, I want to grab him and hug him and kiss him like this. And then I grab him and kiss him like this. And then I grab him and I kiss him like this. Who wrote this script? That's one writer that's going to get money. Now, what, what I want to know is, have you got anything in this drugstore that'll stop that? If we have, I'll bust every bottle in the joint. <laughs> oh, you know, honey, I like you. <laughs> yeah, you're different than most boys of your age. You know, most boys your age think of nothing but necking. You're the studious type. Oh, yes, I do a lot of thinking. <laughs> what do you think about? Necking. <laughs> Is there anything more in the store that you want? Oh, yes. Besides yeah. me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I need some film for my camera. Okay. When I get to work tonight, we'll take your camera and the film, and you and I will ride up to Mulholland Drive where it's nice and dark. But it's dark up there and nothing will develop. Stranger in town, eh, girly? <laughs> no, what else would you like besides me? <laughs> well, oh my. I, I do need a back scratcher. <laughs> When I get home at night, I like to have a back scratcher to scratch my back. 
Wait until I get my hat, I'll go home with you. <laughs> get over there and wait on that customer. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> what can I do for you? Uh, hello. I want to get a good alarm clock. Uh, my wife and I are very uh, uh, heavy, heavy sleepers. Uh. You can tell by now we're sure to help, can't you? <laughs> a minute ago, we owned the joint. Now he's a customer. That's radio for you. Uh, here's a dandy alarm clock. Listen to this. Uh, duh, that's not very loud. Uh. Yeah, well, listen to this one. How's that? I'm afraid it ain't loud enough. To, my wife and I are very heavy sleepers. Well, <clears throat> well, uh... <laughs> it's just a thing for heavy sleepers. This is our super colossal alarm clock. Listen to this. For me, but what do you got to wake my wife? She sleeps on the other side of the bed. <laughs> well, well, Costello. Oh, uh, no, no! <laughs> Costello? Remember, only one check. <laughs> come, come, Costello. I'm a busy man. You've been doing pretty good in the store, and now I'm going to try you out in the prescription department. I want you to mix the following prescription. Now, write this down. Take a bottle. Take a bottle. Put in two grams of sodium phosphate, eight ounces of tincture of turpenhydrate, four grams of sulfathiazole, <laughs> diluted with two drops of neosinephrine, mix in eight milligrams of salicylic acid ester of menorosyric acid. Have you got that? All but one part. What, what part is that? Everything that comes after take a bottle. <laughs> You idiot, get in there and mix that prescription. You want to lose this job? Uh, okay, here I go. <laughs> Costello, you've blown this drugstore into a thousand pieces. What will a boss doctor rag away say? Costello! Costello, where are you? Do you realize what you've done? That explosion blew this store into a thousand pieces. Some of it came down in Pismo Beach. Some of it's in Glendale. Some of it's in Pasadena. Some of it's in Long Beach. What are you kicking about? You ought to be happy. I should be happy? Why? You've got branches in every city in Southern California. <laughs> But before it gets too thick, let's interrupt it for another reminder on a serious subject.
the spotlight turns to Howl Winters, our singing star. Here he is with Matty Malnick and his orchestra. When skies are dark, came Noah's Ark, amen. When lions roared, came Daniel's lot, who pray and on judgment day if you believe he shall receive you amen when you're down and out lift up your head and shout there's gonna be a great day angels in the sky promise that by and by there's gonna be a great day Gabriel will warn you some early morn. You will hear his horn. Hootie tootin', it's not far away. Hold up your hands and say there's gonna be a great day. Early morn, you will hear his horn. It's not far away. Hold up your hands and say, There's gonna be a great Oh, I, I, I don't know what to do. I feel terrible because, Ellie, you, you'll have to go on alone. I'm Abbott, sorry. Abbott, you've got to stop crying. What's troubling you? Tell me. Come on, Abbott. What's wrong? Well, all right. I'll tell you. I went to San Francisco Sunday on business. Last night, I, I sent my wife a telegram telling her I, I would be home at noon today. I got home and found her in the arms of another man. What do you think? I don't think she got your telegram. I... <laughs> Please talk sense. You're never around when I need you. Where were you all afternoon? You know that gorgeous, wealthy widow who lives next door to me? Yes. Did I make a hit with her? Today was her birthday, and I went out and bought her a mink coat, a diamond bracelet, and a solid gold watch. You idiot. How can you pay for all those things? I ain't gonna pay for them, Abbott. I went to the stores where she does business, and I charge them all to her account. <laughs> but you dummy, you can't get away with that. She's bound to find out. The store will send another bill in 30 days. Yeah, but think of those 30 days. <laughs> Costello, you certainly are becoming popular, Sam Shovel, the detective. I'll see. Well, last night I got invited to an elk's dance. Did you have fun? Nah, their horns kept getting in my ears. <laughs> As Sam Shovel, the detective, I'm invited everywhere. When people want to know about anything, they sent for me. Yesterday I addressed the Boy Scouts. What did the Boy Scouts want to know about? The Girl Scouts. <laughs> I gave those boys a lecture they will never forget. I read to them out of two great books. Crime does not pay, and honesty is the best policy. Where did you get those books? I swiped them from the library. <laughs> Can you please talk sense? You're supposed to be getting some first-hand detective experience 
for your Sam Shovel character. Have you been uh, working on any cases? I am now on the trail of a mug that committed one of the most horrible crimes in history. Did he kill somebody? Worse than that. Did he blow up a bank? Worse than that. Well, what did he do? He smuggled a ball player into the Brooklyn Dodgers. Enough <laughs> of this nonsense. What? What is your Sam Shovel story for tonight? Tonight I do the case of the man who was drowned in a vat of varnish or he had a smooth finish. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Yes, I'm Sam Shovel. Sam Shovel, private detective. I glance at my desk. I see a file of one of my most famous cases. The crook with the rubber-soled shoes who walked backwards. I call it the case of the man with the receding gums. <laughs> he used to draw plans in a blueprint factory. He wasn't the head man. He was one of the underdrawers. <laughs> I wasn't always a great detective. I used to work in a pickle factory. I used to stuff olives the hard way. The hard way. I'd crawl through the hole in the olive and drag my pimentos behind me. <laughs> I led a sad life when I was a boy. I'm remembering my boyhood days back in Patterson. And my pal, Midgey Shields, he was only 18 inches tall. We called him Shorty because he never had any money. <laughs> my family was very poor. When I was a kid, I used to run home from school. My mother would meet me at the door. She had to meet me at the door. We didn't have any house. <laughs> I'll never forget the day, Eileen. I learned to talk. My first words were to my mother. I said, Mom... Where did I come from? She said, I don't know, son, but we've been getting a lot of stuff from Sears Roebuck lately. <laughs> then I left home to work on my way through a detective school. I finally saved up enough money to open up this little detective office. Down here at the corner of Hickory and Dickory. Hickory and Dickory. It's right near the dock. <laughs> Hello, Sam Shovel, private detective speaking. Detective Shovel, I'm in a lot of trouble. Come over to my house right away. I'm afraid somebody's going to kill me. Okay, I'll be right over. Where do you live? On Sierra Bonita Boulevard. Sierra Bonita Boulevard. Spell it. S-I-E-R-R-A-B-O... <laughs> Too bad. If he'd have lived on Vine Street, I could have saved him. <laughs> Sam Shovel. It's Lieutenant Abbott of the Homicide Squad, one of the greatest manhunters in California. Too bad he can't find a girl for himself. Hey. What was that? Sounds like it came from the office next door. Who's got the office next door? Dr. Cronkite. He's the mad doctor. For 14 years, he operated on a kitchen table. Today, he got his first patient. Come on, Sam. We're going in there and see what happened. Lieutenant Abbott, look at that beautiful girl lying on the floor. I'll look for clues and you make notes. Look, the water cooler is broken. Put that down. 
There's two bullet holes in the wall. Put that down. I haven't got a pencil. Put that down. Uh... <laughs> Look, Sam. She's coming too. Oh, Sam. Sam Shovel, I knew you'd come to my rescue. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Three men attacked Dr. Cronkite. Hey, look, there he lies under the desk. Two bullet wounds in his chest. A hatchet stuck in his back and he... And his head is missing. Sam, examine the body. Mm. Huh? Madam, I don't know how to tell you this, but I think the doctor is dead. <laughs> oh, this is, this is terrible. I've been the doctor's nurse for four years and now he's gone. Now I have no one to comfort me. Sam, put your arms around me. Ah, that's it. Hold me tight. Please. You're melting my pocket comb. (laughs) Nurse. Nurse, come to my arms. I'll comfort you. No, you don't, Lieutenant Abbott. This is my case. Nurse, you're beautiful. I'm going to give you the sweetest kiss you ever had. Stop making love to that girl. What about Dr. Cronkite lying here on the floor? Let him get his own girl. (laughs) Oh, Sam, you're so brave. I love you, Sam. I love you, Sam. Do you hear me? I love you, Sam. Now you say it. I love you, Sam. (laughs) This ain't gonna work. We're both in love with the same man. (laughs) To prove my love to you, I'm gonna give you a kiss that'll leave you speechless. Well, Shovel? Shovel! Is there anything I can do for you? (laughs) Call my mother and tell her that Silent Sam won't be home tonight. (laughs) Don't go away, folks. Our madmen aren't through with you yet. Right now, they want you to hear this. Costello, do you really think the public is going for the Sam Shovel Detective Series you're doing? Oh, sure. I get telephone calls about it all the time. There's one now. I'll take it. Hello, Lou Costello speaking. Mr. Costello, I just called up to tell you that there are 20 of us fellas over here in my room listening to your program, and we're shooting rubber bands into the fire. Doesn't that smell up your room? Yeah, but we don't notice it while your program is on. (laughs) 
Our writing staff is headed by Eddie Foreman with Paul Conlon, Pat Costello. Our producer is Charles Vander. See you next Thursday. Good night, folks. Good night, everybody in Patterson. Good night. Listen each Thursday night at this time for another great Abbott and Costello show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood. Be sure to stay tuned for the outstanding entertainment which follows throughout the evening on this ABC station.